Welcome to the Holy Soup Podcast, where the church's status quo and sacred cows get rounded up, simmered down, and dished out. And now, here's your chief cook, author, innovator, filmmaker, and founder of Group Publishing, Tom Schultz. Welcome to the Holy Soup Podcast. Thanks for joining us. These are challenging times for our country, for our culture, and uniquely challenging for our churches. What uh, for millions has been a lifelong habit, going to their local church every week, that has abruptly stopped the church's doors locked in a nationwide attempt to stem the spread of the relentless coronavirus, COVID-19. Well, how will churches weather this torrent, and and how might this ordeal change the church long-term? Our guest today is someone who knows intimately what churches are facing, and knows the hope that the frightened public may be craving right now. Best-selling author Max Licato is here. His many, many books include the recent title, Jesus, the God Who Knows Your Name. Not only an author, he's the teaching minister of Oak Hills Church in San Antonio. Welcome, Max. Thank you, my friend. Uh, these are remarkable, unprecedented days in which we find ourselves. Aren't yeah, we? They, they are. You know, your church, a large church, like churches across the country, had to share some startling news with your congregation. I, I found a notice that uh, your church sent out to your congregation. It reads, all on-campus weekend worship gatherings are suspended until further notice. All on-campus ministry activities at all of our locations have been suspended, regardless of size, for the foreseeable future. Boy, this is this is never, a, this never is, thought, never thought yeah. anything like that would be said. I uh, I was uh, scheduled to pre- I preached last weekend, and um, it was just me, uh, our our cameras, our tech crew our praise team, uh, in an empty auditorium, empty sanctuary. Wow. Um, what I can say is that I greeted everybody who came to church. So that was an accomplishment. <laughs> and how did you do that? <laughs> well, that's right. I told the guys, I said, you know, I never get to say hello to everybody. So today, <laughs> that changes. And I, and I would like to say, I think everybody liked the sermon, both of them. well you know it's one thing to think about what this experience is like for the people on the other end who are used to coming to church and and maybe now even listening to uh to a sermon online or whatever but it also has to be a, a trying time for you as as a minister i'm curious what was it like for you when you faced a church building not filled with a thriving crowd but but standing quiet and vacant well uh, fortunately, I'm accustomed to speaking to cameras because I do that a whole lot, you know, in mm-hmm. recording video messages and, and so forth. Uh, I really see that this is a splendid opportunity for the church. It's a crisis, but it, we, were, we were created for a time like this. Mm-hmm. The Bible was written for a time like this. We are the modern-day versions of Joseph. Uh, Joseph in the Old Testament had to face how to how to get society through a famine. But fortunately, he had saved up, you know, silos full of grain. Well, I'm I'm believing that God has deposited within the hearts of his saints, not grain, but hope and uh, words of encouragement. Uh, We have every blessing of the heavenlies deposited within us. 
We have the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit who lives and speaks through us. We have God's word that uh, is alive and active. Uh, we have the promise of heaven. We have the teaching of a sovereign God. We have all of this. It's like our silos are full. And uh, we can be confident. We don't need to be afraid. We can be confident. We need to take advantage of every opportunity, uh, whether it be on Facebook or whether it be through Twitter, whether it be through uh, recorded messages. It's okay if we're not doing our church as traditional. That's okay. The Holy Spirit is not limited to a church building. Let's just take every opportunity that we have, speak all the truth that we have. And I'm confident that God will do what he's done every time in history. Uh, he will take this challenge, use it for his glory. The church will be stronger as a result. We may be different. We may do church different from now on. Hmm. We, we may be all be selling church buildings. I don't know. But you know what? Let's stay flexible. Let's stay faithful. And God's going to get us through this. Hmm. Oh, that's encouraging. You know, when, when you think about how this is affecting members, it's, it's one thing to lift the spirits of, of your members. But as a ministry person, it's another thing uh, with all of these changes and, and stresses to keep your own spirits up. How can ministry people do that? Well, I, I think uh, one way we can do that is to acknowledge that we are uniquely equipped for it. Uh, you know, Jesus told his disciples, uh, when you speak, do not worry about what you're going to say. It will be given to you in that moment. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a splendid promise. I lean on that so often because mm -hmm. I think, oh man, what am I going to say when I have that conversation? Or what am I going to say when I teach that class? Um, I don't think that scripture is telling me not to prepare. I do think that scripture is telling me that God will bless my preparation mm -hmm. and he'll bless my presentation. And so uh, I prepare uh, and I, I go into that, whatever it is, if it's an online Bible study, if it's an interview like we're having right now, uh, or if it's a, a, a sermon, let's just believe. We, we didn't just believe God's going to blow wind behind us. And we don't need to be afraid. Uh, he, he will give us what we need to say when we need to say it. Mm. That's good, uh, good words. You know, the American church has often been evaluated around uh, what I might call the crowd economy. Yeah. You know, the, the top 100 listings, great yep. churches on the size of the crowds. It, uh, crowds were cool until now. <laughs> now, now the crew, the crowd is becoming something that's worrisome, even seen as dangerous. Well, how might these new perceptions of the crowd affect church ministry in the future? Do you think? Wow, what a that is a great question, man! I'd love to get a dozen pastors on the phone and <laughs> hear all their answers. I've got a crazy thought; it just came into my mind. So don't hold me responsible for what I'm about to say. <laughs> but you know, way back in seminary, we studied the, the diaspora, the persecution mm. that came upon the Jerusalem church, uh, that they surely saw as uh, un discomforting. But now we look back and we see the diaspora resulted in the church being spread all over the Mediterranean, right? And all over Europe. Uh, Okay, I'm probably going to regret saying this, but is this a, is this a form of diaspora? Is this a form of 
of God saying, okay, you've become too comfortable in, your, in big buildings or in nice buildings or in traditional preaching. Uh, just today, just today, I was on Facebook uh, issuing a word of comfort to the people who, who follow me on Facebook. I wouldn't have done that otherwise. Hmm. I would not have done that. Uh, I'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, this next weekend, I'll have an online church sermon. Uh, and so maybe so. I, who am I to say what God is doing? But I do believe that he permits such times such as these. Uh, so we'll stay flexible and, and, to, and to see how we respond to him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I consider you a master storyteller and, and a master of relating God's story as told in the Bible. You've created a new volume, in fact, called uh, the Locato Encouraging Word Bible. And it's a great, great uh, version. As, as you turn to scripture in these frightening times, what gives you encouragement from scripture personally? Wow, that's a terrific question. As I turn around to grab my Bible, um, you know, here, here's a perfect example. Uh, when this all started happening, uh, my wife, uh, bless her heart, who always has a good word, she said, Max, you've got to keep taking people to Psalm 91. And I, I read Psalm 91 about three weeks ago, and I realized, oh, my goodness, there in Psalm 91 and verse 3, the promise from God, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Hmm. The perilous pestilence. Well, that's what we're facing by now, right now. And then the promise in verse 6, we shall not be afraid of the pestilence that walks in the darkness. Uh, and so that's just a perfect example of the way God's Word uh, is. We're not facing anything today that, that hasn't been faced throughout history, although in some ways it's unprecedented. Uh, but there, this isn't the first time we face that societies have faced a major challenge. And so God's Word is written for times like this. And, and so I turn to a passage that has a particular uh, a special, uh, special application to the day in which we live. And the Holy Spirit has promised that he will, he will bring to our mind the right Scripture, and He will empower that in the right way. And so uh, that's just a perfect example, I think, of how Scripture speaks directly to our culture. Mm. You know, in times like these, many people do turn to the Bible. And I, I'm wondering, as we close out, how, how should the common person view the Bible, especially in times like this? You know, we in the church tend to talk in academic terms. We, we recommend that people study the Bible. That's an academic term, Bible yeah. study. Uh, yeah. But especially in times of crisis, should we direct people to is that the object, to study the text, or should we help draw people into the story of God's love and assurance presented in Scripture, to read it more like a loving letter, a comforting letter, than a textbook to be studied? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I hope it's not an either-or. I hope it's a both-and, you know, because uh, there are those times in which I need to know, for example, the story behind the letter of Paul to the Philippians, that he wrote that while he was in prison. He wrote it while perhaps within hearing distance, within earshot 
of the footsteps of his own execution. That's the beautiful story behind it, you know, the context. Uh, and in that context, he could write the passage that's, if I understand correctly, the most underlined passage in Scripture, Philippians mm. 4, 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition. Okay, so the story tells me, Paul, he knows what he, <laughs> if he could say that in that context, uh, not sitting in a castle, but he's sitting in a prison. Well, boy, that, that helps me. But it also helps me to study, you know, to say, okay, be anxious for nothing. That Greek term means do not let yourself be perpetually anxious. We're all going to be anxious at times, but don't let that get sucked. Don't let yourself get sucked in. So it's by study, getting a little more technical, I come to a better understanding. So both the story and the study work together to mm -hmm. help me come to a better understanding of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Well, in closing, Max, I wonder if you would be willing to offer a prayer for all the churches, the staff, people, and the members as they live Absolutely. through these challenging times. Absolutely. And I'm opening my Bible to Psalm 91. How much time do I have to pray? <laughs> <laughs> you take what you need. <laughs> okay, my brother. Well, I'm not in a hurry, but I do want to move us through Psalm 91. And I'm basing this prayer on Psalm 91. Oh, Heavenly Father, we who dwell in the secret place of the Most High, we seek to abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Together we say of the Lord, you are our refuge. You are our fortress. God, in you we will trust. We believe that you will deliver us from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. You will cover us with your feathers. Under your wings we'll take refuge. You shall be our shield. We're not going to be afraid because of your presence. You're going to protect us. We do not fear the pestilence that walks in the darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Skipping down to verse 9. We have made you, O Lord, our refuge, the Most High, our dwelling place. And because of that, we believe no evil shall befall us, nor any plague shall come near our dwelling. We, we trust, O Heavenly Father, that you have given your angels charge over us to keep us in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear us up, lest we dash our foot against a stone. Skipping down to verse 14. We hear you say, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. We receive that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm, thank you, Max. Listeners, you can find uh, Max's books at your favorite uh, bookstore or, or online store. And thank you, Max, so much for, for joining us today. My honor. Thanks for making time for me. And listeners, we'll see you next time on the Holy Soup Podcast. Mm -hmm.